What's up guys, Manny Carrera, your real estate resource, and this is episode number one of Whiskey Wednesday podcast sessions, where we sit with El Paso shapeshifters and movers and drink a glass of some fine whiskey. Today, oops, today <laughs> we're actually drinking some old fashions, and I have a very special guest. Um, you know, for me, I really wanted to start this podcast because it's a good way for me to kind of you know, show and give value to the city. I think there's a lot of potential here in the city. There's a lot of people that aren't getting the spotlight. And I'm right now with one of them. Um, this gentleman that I have here, uh, you know, I've been following this guy for about five, six years on social media. And um, for me, you know, I don't know too much about him personally, but just seeing his story, I've been able to kind of see his journey, you know, from uh, where he was to where he's at now and I have so much respect for this guy. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna kinda let him introduce himself and talk a little bit about you know your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of a, a five second highlight and we'll kinda get more into it in the, as we go. Uh, so Ricky Ramirez, on social media you can find me at Real Talk Rick. Um, born and raised in El Paso and I'm currently a teacher at Canyon Hills Middle School in the Northeast. I love what I do and recently named Teacher of the Year for my campus as well. Congratulations on that, bro. Thank I saw you, that. Congratulations. Respect. Um, you know, I know that that's a huge accomplishment, especially, you know, being so so fresh into your career. Uh, getting nominated for Teacher of the Year is, is definitely something that you should be proud of. So hats off to you, man. But, uh, but cool, man. So where are you from? So born and raised Northeast El Paso. Devil's Triangle. Devil's Triangle. Two, two four blocks. shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lived here my whole life, except for the four years that I was in the Marine Corps. I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona. Did my time out there, came back um, nice. 2010. How long, how long were you in the Marine Corps? I did my four years. Four years? Four years in there. I got out as a sergeant, did a tour in Iraq, uh, did another Marine Expeditionary Unit. Wow. And decided to come back home. What was that experience like? Life-changing. Life-changing? Life-changing. I got a lot of discipline, uh, a, lot of less, a lot of life lessons uh, yeah. in the Marine Corps. I learned who I was, uh, learned how to be a true leader in the Marine Corps, and I decided to apply those lessons learned back in my hometown. That's awesome, bro. And I see it. You know, I see it. Thank For those of you that aren't following him, uh, again, his Instagram name is Real Talk Rick. Uh, definitely check out his content. But um, so, so a little bit about you. You know, growing up in El Paso, Northeast Devil's Triangle. If you are from El Paso, obviously that's <laughs> not uh, one of the best known neighborhoods or you know um, safest neighborhoods. Stigma, stigmatized yeah, though. You know, because there's just a stigma that runs with every. Uh, you know, neighborhood, community, anywhere you go. So uh, what was it like kind of growing up in the city? What was your childhood like? So I have a big family. Okay. Um, there's, in my family, five boys and one girl. Dad ran out uh, when I was about first grade. Uh, we grew up in the FDR apartments in Northeast at first. Wow. Uh, welfare, food yeah. stamps, you know, that whole story. It's yeah, yeah. To a T for us. You lived it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, growing up with a bunch of boys, um, Naturally, we became fighters and protectors over my sister and my mother. And then we ended up moving to a different government housing unit in the Eisenhower apartments. Okay. And then from there, we had a wrongful death in the family. And my grandma received, you know, X amount of money. And instead of her throwing it away, she gave it to my mom. And we were able to buy a house. And she That's said, good. here you go. Get your kids out the projects. That's good. So high school, around high school time, I moved out the projects. And uh, we stayed in the Northeast, of course. And I went to Urban High School. Uh, well, there wasn't a lot of sports, city sports, because we couldn't afford it. Right. So we had to wait till middle school sports and high school sports, and everyone yeah. else was kind of ahead of the game. They were, they were kind of ahead of us. But, yeah. you know, we, we, we adapted and we overcame. And, yeah. yeah stuck, stuck with it, man. 
It's good, man. And I know it's tough. I wish I could say the same. I, you know, the way I grew up, um, you know, I grew up in the lower valley, so, you know, a slight step up from where, <laughs> probably from where you're from, if not the same. But uh, I grew up in the lower valley, you know, um, and growing up, we weren't rich, we weren't wealthy, but we were definitely happy. You know, growing up, my parents gave us everything that, that we needed. Um, and for me, growing up was, you know, it was, a, it was a good experience, but I know that, you know, more than half of the people in the city, you know, I, I would say a good chunk of the people don't always have that growing up, you know? So dealing with your circumstances, I'm sure you had to, the wrongful death in the family and, and having to kind of fight and protect your, your family, um, that might've got you also into boxing, right? Cause you, uh, for those of you that don't know, this guy's actually a Golden Glove boxer. Um, Thank you. <laughs> well-known boxer, and he's actually a trainer, right? You're training, you're training kids right now, boxing. I'm, I'm training kids and training adults as well. Um, I focus on the kids, though. It, it could be kids from the school or just kids from the neighborhood who mm -hmm. I kind of see similarities. They, they're missing that father figure in their life, and we can't reach them. Sometimes it takes a glove and a boxing bag and some, a mouthpiece and a bloody nose to reach them. Yeah, so but we're going to reach right? them. we got to save them, you know? <laughs> Um, I think a lot of us growing up in the Northeast, we didn't know we were poor until we saw our friends who had the nicer things. Right. And I, the neighborhood I grew up in, it was Hondo Pass. On one side, you have the projects. And on the other, the other side of Hondo Pass, you have middle-class homes. So we kind of mixed together. We meshed, yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, man, we, we don't really have the Nikes. We don't have the I had a girl backpack in first grade. Um, but like you said, we weren't poor. We had everything we needed though. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. And and just tying on what you just said, you, you had a girl backpack when you were <laughs> yeah. in first grade. Yeah. This is something that I've also, you know, followed him and, and seen him do. You do a backpack drive every single year, right? Yeah, so in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, I started a backpack drive. Um, I started a, actually a nonprofit organization called the Northeast Striker Success Foundation. And I had just noticed that the kids in my neighborhood, they still had the beat up backpacks. And it made me, it, it reminded me of my childhood. Yeah. You know, in first grade getting picked on, getting made fun of because of the girl backpack. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to learn. And I thought, you know what, what can I do to make sure that kids don't go through what I went so through? They don't go through that shit, yeah. So we started the backpack drive and seven years later, we've, we've donated over 500 backpacks to the Northeast community uh, consistently. And it's, it's something that, um, two rival high schools come together and, and, and help help us bring to fruition. It's Irvin High School, Andrews High School, and then, well now, Kennedy Hills Middle School. We all just come together, we collect money, we collect donations, and at the end of the day, we go and drop them off at the elementary schools. So that money goes back into the schools? Right back to the schools, every, awesome. every, every penny. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that, I've, I mean, that's, you know, that's part of your journey that I've seen. I've, I've seen, um, you know, Ricky in the Northeast, and I've also seen Ricky doing the backpack drive and helping kids and everything, which, which, you know, that's the main reason why I reached out to you. I wanted you to be on my first show, you know? So, uh, again, honored for you to be here, but, um, so tell me, you know, now that we're kind of getting a feel for what you do, what you're doing for the community, tell me about a little bit more about your brand. Uh, your brand obviously is real talk, Rick, right? Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. How did that start and where and when did that desire to, to take that route come from? So I, I always wanted to talk on um, real issues that are going on that people are, people are 
I, I don't want to say scared, but maybe not as not not brave enough to bring these issues to light. Right. And you know, for me, since I'm a teacher, I know there's a lot of issues in education that people are just scared to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about those issues. There's right. a lot of issues with people our age that people are just scared to talk about because they don't want to offend their friends. I want to talk about those things. Yeah. Because at one point, as you know, I was a lost, I was a lost soul for a bit, and I was going down the wrong route. And I see some people are still on that route. And I'm right. like, this eight years later, what's going on? Yeah. So I just kind, I just want to speak truth into people, speak life into people, whether it's about their personal lives, their careers, or in the classroom, or, yeah. or to students especially. Just letting them know that your current situation or your current circumstance does not have to equal your future. Yeah, it doesn't have to dictate the next couple steps, the next couple years. And I think everybody goes through that, you know, even though you feel like you were a lost cause at one point, I think everybody's gone through that, that little phase where shit just doesn't make sense, you know? Right. It doesn't make sense, you're still trying to figure it out, you're involved with maybe the wrong type of people. So, you know, talking about lost causes, I'm, you know, everybody goes through that, there's, everybody goes through that little phase where they don't know what the hell they're doing where they're still trying to figure shit out you know where stuff doesn't make sense so so i can i can definitely see you know your perspective growing up and and how you know you didn't have the best of things but you did make you know what you had to make work so like what what at what point did you have that that kind of turning point in the in the way that you were growing up what made you kind of just want to take that route to Leave everything that you, you, you had, you know, and leave every, everything that you had behind, everything that you had grown up with, all, your, all, the, all the people that you were hanging out with, you know. At what point did you have that little turning point in your life that you wanted to just then make a difference? So I had two of those moments. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first moment uh, came right after high school. Uh, I graduated in 2005 and I thought I knew it all. I mm -hmm. thought I was going to be a, become a nurse or a doctor or something in the medical field. I went to school for a year, but at the same time, I was getting into a lot of trouble. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a, I had With a the law or family-wise or um, rather not say, rather, rather not, not say, yeah. <laughs> okay. Getting a lot of trouble, man. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, one day we were actually, uh, you know, hanging out here in downtown and uh, got in a fight and there was a, a gun pulled to my head. And at that wow. moment, I realized I need to get the heck out of here. I joined the Marine Corps the next week, uh, left for four years. I did my four years and when I came out, I thought, you know what, I had four years taken away from me. I'm gonna get those four years back. So I came and I hit the ground running with the partying and-, and Just kind of catching just, up. Trying to catch up, right? Trying to catch up on old routines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't until my last semester of college for my, for my bachelor's degree, but I realized, holy crap, I'm about to become a teacher. What am I doing? <laughs> you know? yeah. So I realized at that point, I need to calm down and I needed to become the teacher that I would want my future kids to have in, in, their, in their classroom as, as a role model and as a leader for them. So probably about 2014, 15, I, was, I, I really turned things around and I started teaching. And you know, at that point, I really needed to just focus on my job and focus on the students who I'm trying to impact. and ensuring that they don't end up on the same route that I was once on. Right. So I, I really had, I guess, two epiphanies was yeah. uh, right out of high school and also starting my teaching career. Yeah. I love it. That's cool, man. So, I mean, you, you, you said you kind of, you know, as you, you came back, you started partying and then you realized I'm, I'm going to be a teacher. I need to get my <laughs> shit together, you know? Um, 
what else happened? I mean, did you stop talk? Did you kind of separate yourself from the circle that you were with? Did you keep that circle around you? Did you kind of distance yourself at times? What was that like? Because I know, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, I know one video you just posted, and I, I like I said, I, I check out your content. So I know one that you just did in the classroom, uh, in front of your kids. You guys were talking about the eagle and the chicken. You know that analogy where the eagle, you know, is is hanging out with the chicken. But where should the eagle be? He should be up in the air right. flying, you know? He should be soaring. Uh, he should be looking for some rabbits or some puppies, whatever <laughs> this eagle eats, you know? But but bottom line is that that chicken has no business with that eagle. They're two separate birds. They're on two separate paths. So how was that eagle-chicken analogy? How did that play a role in your life? So that's kind of a, a tough topic because I know a, a bunch of people didn't like my message and some people felt I was talking about them mm-hmm. um, and that's not you know it's, not, it's really not the case but right. the truth is hard to hear sometimes yeah especially if the, if the, the shoe fits you know exactly so. and, and I, I realized that you know I love my friends to death and when you separate yourself from someone it's not because you don't like them anymore because mm-hmm. you think you're better than them it's just because you realize you're on a certain mission in order to accomplish that mission you just got to get focused yeah Laser and focus, you know. exactly laser focus, and you know at, at that point I was, I've been supporting myself since I was eighteen years old, been on my own, and a lot of my friends they they had help from family or, or still living with family, so they can afford to to you know live that party life and and then go to school and be okay. Not yeah. me, I had to pay bills. Yeah, you couldn't. <clears throat> there was no room to or time to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know myself, I, I was the life of the party. I was a club promoter, and I realized. I gotta pick a road. I gotta pick yeah. focus on, to. on my real career or this part-time gig that's just going to, you know, disappear once I'm you know, really late twenties. I mean, anyone who's in their late twenties still doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we just we, we just gotta get focused. Yeah, focus yeah. On, on what what is your real long-time goal? Where do you want to be in your life? And if there's people in your circle who are not on the same mission as you, then just being brave enough to separate yourself from them. Yeah. And again, no beef, no drama, none of this. I hate you, or I'm better than you. Just you know, hey, I'm 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 on this route now. Yeah. I, I love you guys. I'll see you at the Super Bowl, or I'll see you at Christmas, whatever the case. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I got I got things to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. And doing what we're doing now is not going to help me get to my goal. So that's kind of my that's my take on that. Um, yeah. And granted, there are you know there is there is times where you have friends that support and exactly. can can you know not only just watch you from a distance, but you end up bringing them up to your level. You know, you end up kind of uh, changing their perspective, their mindset, um, you know, and just kind of relating to that. Like, I know that when I left, uh, I, I went to Miami and I was out there for almost four years. But before I left to Miami, my mindset was so fucked up. I was kind of on that same path that you were, you know, uh, kind of, you know, just trying to figure it out, but still not really doing anything. I was partying all the time, me and my buddies, hanging out and you know always just getting into some trouble when we didn't really have to only because there was nothing for uh, nothing else for us to do you know so i think when i left that really kind of helped me grow and learn who i wanted to be the type of person i wanted to be for people you know and the types of goals that i had changed when i got out there just because i wasn't around the noise you know there was no noise there was no there was no, there wasn't anything there to distract me. So, when when I did come back, uh, you know, 
I wasn't even surprised, but my friends, my best friends, ended up coming to the same level, you know? I came awesome. back and my friends were in self-development. They were on the yes. road to success. Their goals are big and scary, just like mine are big and scary, you know? So I think that not it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen where your circle from, you know, from elementary school is gonna end up growing with you and creating this business where you, you make a billion dollars, you know? But um, just that self-awareness of, of knowing like, you know, this is my life, this is my goal, this is where I'm going, and you guys can join me, support me, but if not, you know, I think a lot of times people make those mistakes and hold on to those friends, and what ends up happening is they end up trying to pick that road, and they're trying to, they're going back and forth into this road, you know, they're going back and forth into these lanes, and what happens is, these friends don't support them, they end up bringing their morale down, they're bringing their, you know, positive um, affirmations, everything that they want right, to do, right. they're bringing it down because you can't have negative with positive, you know, it, it doesn't make a good combination. So picking your friends, picking your circle, I think is super important. And I, I really like that message that you guys got across to your, your middle school kids. Um, I remember being in middle school and I had I didn't have a teacher like that to teach <laughs> us anything of, of that nature. You know, there was no life lessons. There was no uh, kind of talks about the future so so that's something that you know again I think that you're really doing and you are going in the right direction with that and you know now now some of those same friends who thought I was kind of hating on them or, or talking down on them they're reaching out to me till this day I had a friend yesterday uh, text me saying once I started posting about taking care of your, your finance your financials and and your credit he started doing the same and yeah. now he's, he's on the verge of Purchase, purchasing his first home. That's awesome. I had another friend just text me recently saying, "I know what you're talking about when when you when you mean when you're speaking on the party life and how it's the same people just partying. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with partying. I've always been a work hard, play hard type of person. Right. But then my mindset shifted to where if I'm not where I want to be in life, what the hell am I doing in the club? Yeah. You know? What are you celebrating <laughs> for? You know, that's that's something that. I felt too like going out before I left to Miami. I always felt like we were out and we were having fun, but at, at, deep down inside, I was like, "What am I doing here? Why the fuck am I here?" <laughs> yeah. You know, there's nothing that I'm accomplishing being here, getting wasted, um, that's gonna leave that legacy, you know, for me, for my kids, for the generations to come. I think one of the most important things that helped me develop that mindset too of not wasting time, not watching TV, not bullshitting, you know using my time and utilizing it wisely is the fact that, you know, it, it really takes only two generations for you to be forgotten. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember your great, great, great grandma? No. Me neither. <laughs> I don't even know her name. Exactly. And that's scary as yeah. hell for me, you know? That, that really says a lot for me because it's like, do I really want to play Fortnite? Or what was it? <laughs> Something Fortnite? like that, yeah. Fortnite? Maybe for me, you know. I mean, granted, it's a cool game. I, a lot of people are into it. That's where the attention's at. But you know, if unless you're gonna be a video gamer, professional video gamer, and a vlogger on YouTube, trying to make, uh, you know, money on YouTube, playing video games, you're really not accomplishing what your goals are. You know, so I think it's important to just, you know, set up some sort of you know daily routine or um, some sort of accountability. Um, within yourself or within a, a friend, you know, to help you kind of pass that noise. You know, I think that's, that's yeah, important. Exactly. And one one thing that really helps me with the with the mindset shift is reading. 
Yeah. Reading. I, I, I hate reading. <laughs> Hell yeah. But once I started, <laughs> I, I once saw, I went to church one time and I heard the pastor say, in five years, you'll be the sum total of your, the friends you surround yourself mm -hmm. with in the books you read. And he said, oh, I know how much money you're going to make. I know where you're going to be in your career. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start reading. <laughs> yeah. So I started reading and it's true. The mindset shifted and I've barely been an avid reader for about two years now. What's, um, a, what's the first book you picked up? The first book I picked up was The Secrets to Success by Eric Thomas. How was it? Life-changing. Yeah. What was your, what's your biggest takeaway from that? The top five people you surround yourself with, mm -hmm. you'll be no deeper than them. Wow. The top five people you surround yourself with, you'll be no, no deeper than them. One thing I learned from Eric Thomas in, in, in conjunction with that book is your friends have a bigger influence on you than God will. Yeah. I thought about that. Like, this guy is that's, speaking yeah. to my heart right now. <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. Um, I definitely see that. So what's the rec most recent book that you picked up? Uh, right now I'm reading a book called The Power of Positive Leadership by John Gordon. Um, I got my master's in educational leadership. So eventually I want to transition to becoming a principal. And I need to start reading these books now to prepare myself for the future. Yeah. It's crazy that we're talking about this. It just ties in. It's a book about positive leadership uh, and the importance of building culture first and gaining trust with your students, your teachers, your employees, your colleagues. It's a, it's a book for anybody, really. And he also brings in a lot of real-life uh, experiences with that book. Um, really, anything by John Gordon, The Energy Bus, I just picked up, and I actually did an exercise with my students on that one. And it, I revealed to a seventh-grade student that you are in charge of the energy you put out. You're in charge of your attitude. You're in charge of your That's mindset. That's insane. <laughs> a seventh-grader realized that. And I wow. Have, Friends who are in their 30s just, you know, walking around sad and mad at the world and, and blaming their past for their current situation. Yeah. Not realizing that they are in control. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's insane. It's reading, insane. man. All this is reading. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just from reading, right? It's reading crazy. does change mindset. My first book um, was actually given to me by a good friend of mine. And he's actually behind one of these cameras. Oh, nice. uh, Antonio Sosa, this guy, uh, uh, you know... 18, I think it was 18 at the time. I was working at Verizon. I was 21, maybe 22. <laughs> and uh, I was outside the kiosk hustling, dude. Like I'm number one in Verizon. I'm number one in the entire region from Arizona to San Antonio, number one. And I'm out here hustling, trying to, trying to sell some phones, you know? Mm -hmm. And I turn around and I look at Sosa and this guy's inside the kiosk reading books. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're not making any money there, you know? And that's because I didn't understand. He handed me a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, first book that I read, and it just changed my mindset completely. It, it kind of introduced me to entrepreneurship, you know? And after that, I realized, like, I don't want to work a nine-to-five. I don't want a boss. I, I, that's not for me. And that book kind of just started, you know, a lot for me. But um, most recent book I just read was uh, Gary Vee, Crushing It. Nice. Uh, awesome, awesome Great book. book. Um, one of the biggest influencers, influencers for me, definitely. But um, that's cool, man. Yeah, books, books can definitely, you know, change your perspective, your mindset. Um, so, so kind of going back to the kids, what, what would you say is the one thing that, the one message that you want these kids to know? Not just your students, but you know, every kid. I see, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are on Facebook, on Instagram, and it's crazy just to see and hear all the stuff that's going on right now in the schooling system. You have bullies, you have kids committing suicides, you have kids doing 
um, crazy sexual things, you know, at such a young age, and and it's it's insane, you know. So, um, you know, what is that? What is one message that you kind of want to just give to these kids? You know, not just your students. Again, every kid, you know, going through school, you know, going through that whole education system. What is that one message that you want to give? So I I've noticed that. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. Maybe I, it might be the cell phones. People are so attached to their cell phones. Um, it's it's easy to connect with people, but we're still disconnected. Yeah. Definitely. So I've noticed that this generation is depressed. This generation is sad. Yeah. This generation thinks that there's no one there to listen to them, and there is. They just have to open up and they have to take their face off of the phone for a little bit. I agree. And speak. Speak that's, to that's people. That's so crazy that you just said that. Like. <laughs> I literally, so again, I worked at Verizon, right? And when I was in Florida, when I was in Miami, I remember towards the end of my Verizon career, I remember hating my job. Wow. Hating it. Not because... In Miami. Yeah, in Miami. Not because of the company. Not because of my pay structure. Not because of the employees that were there. Not because of the phones we were selling. But because of the culture that I was poisoning, you know, Culture. with the community. I, I was literally contributing to the thing that I hated the most, which was people like this on the phone, you know, people at dinner on the phone, people always just texting on Twitter on, and things like that. And granted, I'm always on social media, you know, but it's with purpose, it's for work. There we go. Now, if I'm on six hours scrolling, you know, and I, I run through go. the same stories and stories and stories, then I'm, I'm just wasting time, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I really had sort of an epiphany also when I was working there because I was contributing to the one thing that I didn't like. And for me, it was like, I'm selling so many phones a year and that's only the amount of people that I'm, I'm negatively <laughs> affecting in some sort of way, you know? I'm contributing to this thing that I don't like. But granted, you know, social media is the way of life. Social media is where it's at. We're talking right now on social media, which is, is, is so crazy, but it just shows you the kind of platform that we have, you know, as influencers to talk to these people, to talk to this network. But as long as it's used in the right manner, you know, as long as it's used for the right purposes, not, not so much, you know, all the bullshit that you see, all the, uh, all the bad stuff, you know, there's, I feel like Facebook is now a little bit better when it comes down to filtering what's on your newsfeed, but you just see so much stuff, you know, and it's, and, and it's crazy, you know, but... Um, and and you, you said it perfectly. It's, it's people, I won't say students, people have to just realize the difference between scrolling right. and the difference between growing your network. Yeah. The difference between what am I doing right now on the phone that's going to better my tomorrow. Exactly. And a lot of people, you're right, they're just scrolling. And what, what, do, we, what do we do at night? It was Facebook, shut that down. Instagram, shut that down. Twitter, shut that. Snapchat, yeah. and then repeat. And that's what I notice a lot of students are doing um, in school age, school age kids, high school age kids. I think not, not until they get that mindset shift where this is a tool, like right. this phone, it, it's a tool. It's, it's not for my leisure, it's to grow my business, it's to grow my brand, it's to influence people. And if you're using it in that sense, by all means, like stay on it. Right. But I, I, I don't think a lot of students are able to draw that line. And it's just fun, 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 play, 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 that's it. But, if we can yeah. get them to understand that this is a tool. It is a tool. By I mean, all means, do it. <laughs> look back. Look back 20 years. You know, how hard was it for, let's just say, a real estate agent? Mm -hmm. Or let's say, in your case, since you're, you're my guest, let's say 
how hard would it be for a teacher wanting to, to give that message that you're giving, how hard would it be to reach the amount of people that you're able to reach right now with social media? Exactly. 20 years ago, you literally have to go into every single classroom or make some sort of VHS video that you could then you know, right. uh, play for every class. But it's, it, it, it's so impossible to do those things back then, but now we have the social media. You have this platform that you're on that you're able to give this positive message. I have my platform for real estate, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're kind of the same, you know, we're all reaching these people and this network and this audience for, for good, you know, and, and that's, that's awesome, man. So I'm really excited that you came on. Um, you know, I think this was a good talk. This is definitely, you know, what I kind of wanted my first episode to be is with, with somebody that's really making a difference in the city. And like I said, man, I, I really think you're making a difference in the city. The city's growing. You know, that's one of the reasons why I came back to El Paso. The city's growing. We're going in a, in a, in a direction that people that have lived here their entire life are still not seen because they've been here their whole life. You know, mm -hmm. me coming back, I was able to right away just as soon as my plane landed, like, holy crap. Nice. The city is getting big. We have so much stuff coming to our downtown. We have so much stuff to coming to the to, to El Paso to to kind of further, you know, the direction that the city's going. So, um, my kind of ending question for you is uh, kind of switching it up. Um, what is one thing that you're obsessed with here in El Paso? What's either a restaurant, uh, a local venue, a business? Um, you know, what is that one thing that in El Paso right now in the city that you're super excited about that you're you're obsessed with? So before I answer that question, I just want to say thanks for having me on. It's been an honor. I, I really do appreciate it. I think you're onto something. And in one year, two years, watch out for Manny C. <laughs> you got the whole city's gonna know about you. Keep, I love it. Keep, keep on that, yeah, on that track. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. And uh, you have my full support. Uh, the one thing that I'm obsessed with, besides coffee, would definitely. <laughs> I had an espresso right now. I had a coffee box before I met you guys. I did. I'm like a little, nice. little shaky. <laughs> Um, I, I'd say the one thing I'm obsessed with is reading a good book in a nice diner, in a nice local diner. What's a diner? Give me a diner. The Clock in the Northeast. The Clock. I've never heard of The Clock. Go. It, it? It's cheap. It's, it's on Dyer and, Dyer and Hercules. It's cheap. It's good home-cooked food, good coffee, and you can go in there and just sit and read your book all day if you want. Wow. There you have it. I'm honestly probably going to check out The Clock. Support more. local. Yeah, yeah. Definitely support local. Um, again, thank you, Ricky, for being out here, coming out and sharing your story with us, with everybody that's listening. Um, I'm super excited for you guys to see, you know, these podcasts and, and check them out. My goal, again, is to kind of just bring value, you know, to the city and introduce you guys to people like, like Rick that are making a huge difference in the community. You know, this is somebody that you definitely want to follow. Definitely follow his story. Again, his Instagram and Facebook yes. is Real Talk Rick. Uh, make sure you guys follow him. And, uh, you know, we'll tune in next time uh, for our next glass of whiskey. Rick, cheers. Yeah, pleasure. And thanks, bro. Thank Appreciate you. you.